This is a Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson, with me this week are Jim Spence and Sean Hamilton. Well guys, we're going to get back into local stuff soon, but we can box off Scotland now for a wee while and get your reflections on Euro 2020 and our part in it. Let's start off with Steve Clark, Jim. How many How many points, how, many, how are you going to rate him out of 10? Um, <clears throat> I suspect about four. Um, Eric, because ultimately oh. at the end of the day, it doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter how you look in this. And I, listen, I was a fan of his appointment for, for a couple of reasons. I thought he'd done a terrific job at Kilmarnock. Uh, and I know it's a, it's an entirely different kind of thing, you know, going from club management and, you know, national management. Um, I was a fan. And to some extent still am, I have to say. Um, wish it would be a bit, bit more positive. But the truth of the matter is, once again, you know, we, we've emerged from a group with one point from nine. Um, one draw against England, which I think we were always going to be up for, and they're not as good as they thought they were. Um, we certainly know either. Um, but, you know, ultimately, we, we, we have proven ourselves on the international stage again as, as, as lightweights or makeweights. So, you know, it, it's it's been enormously disappointing. I mean, I think there are some positive things to come from it. We know that. Um, but ultimately... You know, we failed. That, that's the bottom line. We failed to reach the the latter stages. Um, when a nation like Croatia, with a smaller population, you know, have have done so and have proven on the day and over the piece that they have players that are just way in excess of anything that we have. So four out of ten. Right before before we get into a bit more detail about the the, the different reasons for the four out of ten and, and basically sort of picking over the bones. Sean, are you going to go higher than four? <laughs> Lower? I'm going to go higher. Higher. Five. Okay, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> Last of the big spenders. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you'd come in with a standard, the standard man by Markins and give, both give him a, both give him a well, six. six. But there we yeah, go. you start with a six, don't you? Yeah. So you go with um, five. A, 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 yeah. brief, a brief explanation why you're giving them a five. I just think, particularly if you look at the Czech Republic game, uh, that one, that I mean, it was over before it began with that. I'm giving him a three. I'm I'm give a, I'll give him a three for the Czech Republic game, actually. That was, that was incredibly that. poor. Yes. And, and all right, we lost Kieran Tierney uh, just before it. Um, but I think the, the reaction to that was odd. And then to go with one up top and, and what looked like the, the most winnable of the three, uh, it, it's inexplicable. I just don't get it. I don't know. I don't know why that happened. And changing it at half time was indicative of, of the fact that he acknowledged that it hadn't been it hadn't been right. I don't think, or certainly that it wasn't working. Um, and I think that one that one was that was just a disaster. Um, and and I think you can you, you could you could lay a lot of the blame for that one at, at Steve Clark's door. And all right, England, Wembley, massive game. As Jim says, there was never going to be any doubt they'd be up for it, and they certainly were. But they played well. And that game tactically, well. got it spot on that one as Absolutely. well. Let's be fair. That was that was a good one. But then uh, Croatia, uh, just and it kept losing Gilmore as well. Uh, do you know what? I'm I'm going to give him a six. Oh, you're going up to six. Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to move up to a six because six. maybe I was being too harsh there because there were a couple of factors that that that, that didn't help him certainly. But um, again, some decision making in the last game was a bit questionable when it came to subbies and stuff as well. Right? Aye, so, subbies I've seen a wee bit random. Great. But here's here's my here's my take. Having watched all three, yes, I think the the unlucky bit is clearly clearly the Tierney injury and the Gilmore COVID nineteen. I mean you, that is. You know, but it's tournament football. You could have got you could 
you know, COVID-19, someone ever factoring in, you know, St. Johnson had to factor it in, you know, at the end of there, you know, when, when the, when the season was coming to its, to its crescendo for them, you get injuries. Um, the other unlucky, if you can call it unlucky, I think, yeah, the timing of the Croatia game probably turned out to be, you know, they rolled back the years. The, the Croatia didn't play like that in the first two games and they hadn't really played like that in the months, possibly about a year, you know, building up to it since, since the last World Cup. So you could say maybe we helped them roll back the years, but it was an absolute privilege to watch Luka Modric do his thing at Hamden Park the other night. I mean, he was it was an absolute masterclass and... I think it would have been brilliant for for wee Billy Gilmore's education just to be on the same pitch as him, you know. And you know, it was listen. They would have they would have beaten us with with Billy Gilmore on the pitch, but and I kind of have a bit have a bit of sympathy for the team he picked against Croatia because we 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 wrote about it. I wrote about it. Alan Temple wrote about it. The the bigger the sort of the closest stylistically like for like for uh, for Gilmore. Was was John Fleck, but yeah, John Fleck had the COVID. He hasn't played a lot of football for Sheffield United. He hasn't had a great season, and I can see why he went for Stuart Armstrong. But I'll be honest, Jim, I thought Stuart Armstrong is one of the was one of the biggest failures of that tournament for me. I know he's come from our patch, but I thought he was I thought he was really poor against uh, against the Czechs, and. I could see, quite frankly, I could see why the centre house were, were deciding to go along as the game progressed because he's, he's basic turning, you know, keeping a possession and moving on. I know that's I know that's not his absolute, you know, the key to his game. It's not what's got him the big moves. It's not what's 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 got him the sort, you know, it's got him the career he has. It's about the energy. It's about the drive. It's about helping the sport and the strikers. But you'd expect a central midfielder to be able to to pass and move better than that, wouldn't you, Jim? Or, or am I being harsh yeah, on him no, here? I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I'm tempted, but, you know, with Sean kind of lightening the mood there, I'm tempted to go four and a half for Steve, but... Um, no, it's, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, a better, it's a better headline to say four. Don't go backtracking now. It's just that sympathetic element of my nature. But no, I mean, look, the, 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 what's the bottom line in this? I mean, I know that Steve Clark will say, I've got to look at performances, no round uh, uh, showings. And he does. That, that, that's true. That's absolutely true. And, I, you know, and I still, I, I, you know, I'm not, for a moment, am I suggesting he should uh, call it a day Scott manager. I think we're on the verge of something very decent. He needs to learn lessons, doesn't he? Yeah, well, you, yeah, I think the danger here is we always we, we talk glibly sometimes about learning lessons, um, and then don't actually see w- you know what we've learned uh, two or three games on. Um, but the bottom line is is, is pretty simple. We, we were there to try and qualify, and we didn't qualify. And in that respect, you know, the, the manager's job is to make the best of what he has available. Now, I don't think anyone is arguing that what he has available is as good as what Croatia have available. Or any of the other top nations, or in fact, indeed, indeed, most of the nations in that tournament, because you know, I, I think a generation of, I mean, I may address this my my courier column for the weekend. I think a generation of um, Scottish coaches who have been egotists and narcissists, frankly, who has been more about them, have, have you know, have to a great extent sucked the enjoyment and the inventiveness and and, and all the thrill he uh, says, of a generation of young he, players. He says, "Me, Sean, he's written it already, hasn't he? He knows he's." Yeah, well, he's, you know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm just here's, tidying here's it all, one you know? I, Here's what I pre- prepared earlier. I, I often change my mind later on, you know. But um, no, I mean, I think, you know, and, and the, the job of the international managers is to deal with what he has. So I think in terms of quality, I mean, I, I was, I, you know, you're obviously always biased. I mean, we've watched Stuart Armstrong. He's a fine player coming through, but it wasn't a good tournament for him, you know. Um, 
we went long. Nothing's wrong with going long. Um, we we see right regular times, examples yeah. of go, you know brilliant sixty-yard passes. I mean, it's great if they're executed properly, played into space. It's great if the front men, either one or two, have the ability to execute the you know the, the immediate kill or, or or trap of the ball and do something with it. We had neither really, to be honest with you. I mean, we didn't go with Adams in the first game, which I thought probably on on balance might have been a mistake. Um, uh, you know, and then we did go to 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 up top. Um, I'm not particularly convinced that the two we've got up top necessarily have the quality to deal with the long diagonal balls, either, you know, playing close enough together, link, linkage-wise, or, you know, bringing it under control, getting shots away on target and all the rest of it. I mean, by comparison to some uh, some teams, most teams, in fact, that had two up top, we we, we, we have a lack of, of top-class quality. That's not knocking these guys. They're good. They're good quality professionals, but they're not top Top quality, and we're up against nations that have top quality. That's a simple, and particularly in Croatia, I know, who hadn't been brilliant until then. But you, you sensed that if they did turn it on, you know, they could, they, they had, they had many more gears to go through than we did. So I think it was a combination of things. I think we should have been more positive. I could have been more positive. I think the first game against the Czechs was a game that we really had to not be gung ho in, but we had to be, I think, a, a wee bit more positive. And, uh, and, and our, and our better players had us. to turn up. You know, we yeah, needed. That's I, right. I'm, I'm convinced that if. You know, if he'd picked, if Steve Clark, Sean, if he'd picked the right team for that first game and across the board, we'd got uh, seven, eights and nines from our players. We'd have won that game, you know. So I that's what it comes down. And, and we didn't do it. So there you go. That was that was the group, basically. That was the group, you know. And nah, so anyway, well, let's, there'll be plenty of other. You've seen, you've you've read plenty of critiques of what happened and all the rest of it, and probably some folk will have listened to them. But let's move on. Where does he? Who who does he have to be looking looking to bring in? Who's 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 who should be who should we be thinking? Mm, we've seen enough now because I, wrote, I mean tournament football does it really exposes things, doesn't it, and accelerates the way a team moves on, particularly when it doesn't go well. You know, the team that we would have picked at the start of this tournament and the ones we maybe thought we could hang our hat on, it's changed, doesn't it, Sean? Um, I mean, I, I don't think, I think first and foremost, Billy Gilmore's the big, the big takeaway from the tournament. And, and I mean, I, I think I tweeted uh, before the England game had even finished, I think he said that Billy Gilmore starts every game from now on. And then obviously didn't he start the next one, did he? So there we go, I had a nightmare there. But you, you can't win them all. Um, he's changed things. He's changed the dynamic of that team, hasn't he? Undoubtedly. And uh, the way that he's, he's able to look after the ball and recycle it and, and shift the play, and it's just, he's, he's, he's a level above, I think, um, what, what we've had in that area of the park. Um, so for me, when he's fit and when he's well, he starts for Scotland now, um, regardless. And and I suspect, I mean, you, you can see from even just the, the the impact that he had in the, on the England game, the the interest in him being ramped up, not just amongst fans but amongst other clubs as well. You're seeing him linked with Rangers, obviously, but I mean, Wolves was another one. Norwich Premier is the one that's favoured. Yeah, they'll, think, be, they'll yeah. be after getting him in on yeah, one for there's the There's no season, way he's going know. to Rangers, by the way. Is he? Not, uh, no, not, a not chance. chance in hell. Not a chance. No. Um, if, if if there's if there's decent Premiership outfits looking to take him on one for a season, Chelsea will send him there rather than Rangers. Um, so a season's football under his belt will, will help him even further uh, because at the moment, even without that, I mean, he looks he looks a level above, I think. So he's he's the big one. Um, the, the other thing for me, well, there's a couple other things, but one of them is McTominay. Um, 
he's not a solution at centre half. He isn't. Um, and I feel I felt sorry for him against the Croatians actually because there was a couple of moments where he just looked lost um, positionally, and that's that's not where he plays. He doesn't play the game there, and I think it's a lot to ask to to throw a boy in who plays in midfield into that sort of specialised role against a team that are as good as Croatia. Um, because I think he was found wanting a wee bit, but I, d- I don't blame him for that. Um, there, there were centre halves on the on the bench and available, and and Steve Clark opted to use McTominay there, um, and and I think that was a mistake. Um, Stephen O'Donnell had a bit of a roller coaster of a tournament because he struggled in the Czech Republic game, did well in England against England, and not as well as folk were of, saying. You know, it wasn't. No, folk were talking up as if it was some sort. No, of, he was you know, more. He was more solid, but it was framed as a redemption because of course it was because of the because of the level of criticism that he'd got after the Czech Republic game and before the tournament. People, including myself, kind of say, "No, he's he's not up to that level." Yeah, I've, I've not changed my um, mind, Sean. I, I still, no, neither have I. Neither have I. Absolutely no. isn't. So that's that's another area, and I mean, the question is, that if it's no him, then is it is it Patterson? Is he ready for it? Um, he looked okay when he's come on, but again, he's another one that a season of football will benefit him. So we'll we'll see pretty rapidly. And I mean, I know a lot of Rangers fans will say, "Oh, he's ready." There's no doubt he's a star. There's one of them who works for us actually who says that. Um, so Patterson's one who a season of football will do him. The world are good. Up top's another area, uh, I think, because it, Dykes for me oh, now, I I, I, he, I, he's not good enough. He's the one um, I was probably had in mind when I was talking about, you know, these three games basically ex- really exposing somebody for the level that I think all the rest are kind of, you know, there's a few were a bit disappointed. Sure, Armstrong being one of them, and a couple of others, and you thought maybe they they could be that level. Dykes is the one that now I think he, his limitations, Jim, were really, really showing up. You know, I think I think I could picture him playing in, you know, Slovenia on a freezing cold Wednesday night. You know, when we just need to really dig out a dig out a win. But for, for at that level of football, we've got to be trying to find we've got to be trying to find better. Which is a, which is a shame because it's not that long ago we thought he would be the, you know, he was he was a he was a star signing, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, I, I, I like Dykes. Um, I, I liked him when he was at Livingston. But there's a big difference between saying I like a boy <laughs> that played at Scottish Premiership level and thinking that he's the answer at national level. There's a couple of things. I mean, one you're always asking yourself. Is there anyone to replace, play Correct, better? that's true. Um, that's that, that's true. the first thing you ask yourself. Um, and the second thing you've got to ask yourself is, if there is someone who can play better, um, will we be guaranteed a level of consistency from him? Now, I mean, I, 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 I'm a big believer that, that one of the things that, you know, that, that, that differentiates good players from, from really top players is pace. Um, I like pace in the team. And, and I would find room for a Kevin Nisbet because I think he's got an eye for goal and he's quick. He gets away, he skips past people, he goes by people quickly and he's quick mentally and he's quick physically. Ryan Fraser I like as well. One of the things... I, that I, I would have wanted to see more of Fraser. I have yeah, to say. one of the problems we had, I mean, <clears throat> is a lack of width. Now, I mean, I, I watched, I mean, Newcastle are, are a... Uh, are a bit of an, an enigma as a club, aren't they? But I mean, I watched you know a lot of the highlights of their games last season, and I was always impressed with Fraser. <clears throat> he always managed to 
beat a man, they put some delicious crosses into the box, which very often, you know, people didn't get on the end of it, but that's not his problem. He put really good quality balls in the box. He got by people. He seldom squanders a ball. And he's got, and he's quick, you know, he, he's a quick player. So you've got two guys there and Fraser and Nisbet who, who have kind of, you know, not necessarily electric pace, but they are very, very quick players. And, and you know, and we didn't have that uh, in the team. You know, I mean, Ryan Christie arguably is another one who who, who uh, potentially adds more to the game. David Turnbull undoubtedly will come into uh, the four and Patterson we've talked about already. So, it's a but you know, with the World Cup qualifiers coming up, I mean, I don't think we can expect to see many players suddenly emerging from the blue yonder. You know, I don't think there's, I don't think, for instance, that we're probably going to see a, a Ryan Gold, um, despite the fact I think it'd be worth a, a you know, a, a turn. I don't think we're going to see him emerging into the team or somebody that none of us have really thought of before. So pretty much it's the squad that we've got. So you've got to look at the squad we've got and say, well, who emerges from that? Who looks a better bet? to turn it on with more consistency and add something that we've been missing. And I think players like Nisbet and Fraser, I would want to certainly see a lot more of. Turnbull, um, arguably as well, he hadn't, you know, I mean, I think this, this tournament for various reasons probably wasn't going to be one he would have shown in anyhow. But I think certainly Fraser and Nisbet um, offer more. I agree on Dykes. I, I, I don't think at this level he, he's, he's going to offer enough. Um, Adam's different different kettle of fish. He's been playing a, um, a better level for longer, a higher level for longer. And I think allied to either a better partner or a different type of service might be um, you know, a, a much more positive um, outcome for him uh, than we saw in these three games. But uh, I, I don't think Dykes is going to cut it um, into the future. Yeah, I'm, listen, I will just wrap it up on the Scotland thing, but I'm intrigued in general, Sean, just with because we are quickly going into the World Cup qualifiers again. And remember, we're not in as rosy a position as, as some would, or even if you just look at the table, you think, oh, that's okay. You know, we're right under pressure straight away. And I think Denmark's our first game, and goodness knows how yeah. good they'll be feeling about themselves when this tournament finishes because, you know, they've got a chance to go another round at least. So I think that's the one that, I think the SFA and the the players have helped them out here in setting the sort of the tone after it. There's been a lot of t- tweets and Instagram posts from the players basically saying we've loved it, hope we've done you proud, the start of this is the beginning, not the end type thing. And that is that's all that's all good and well. But if we get beaten to Denmark and all of a sudden the the World Cup seems a distant dream, you're then Absolutely. looking at you're then looking at, oh, okay, things are a bit different here. So We'll be looking at whether Steve Clark is accelerating change. Is he is he learning lessons, all that sort of stuff? So September, isn't it? It's going to be that's going to be a it's big September. A big big time for for Steve Clark and this Scotland team. And we all got we've all got hope that you know if if he, if we beat Denmark, I think we can we can really accelerate on. And as we found out there, so, yeah, qualifying for Euros isn't that hard these days. So no, it'll be tough no. to get to Qatar, but. You know, we, there's no reason why we can't look to get to the next Euros. Eric, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, sorry, Sean. The, the, there's one other thing that uh, you know, and I, I, I'm never quite sure with me. Although I've spoken to people, you know, within the game and who used to be in the game, who I think shared this. I, what, what, one of the things that always intrigues me with watching our players is that you know we we often talk about modern players in Scotland are only athletes. You know what we really mean is they run all day. But see, when I watch teams like Croatia, I think they are truly athletic. And I've touched on this before. I mean, they're not just guys that can run all day, although they can. They've got 
a deftness of touch. They've got a kind of, they look lithe, bodily, their body shape. They look lithe, they look supple. You know, they could pull a ball out the air at chest height with a foot. You know, they're very flexible. They've got a wonderful fluidity about their body motion. We've got guys that look as though they've got rods up the back of their shirts. Now, some someone I'm sure, some, you know, biomechanic, sports scientist will be able to, you know, nail this. But I just think that we never, ever look as lithe and flexible and comfortable by and large. Um, so I, I don't know if this is something that goes wrong at a very, very early age, whether we pick the wrong type of players, going for the big laddies or whatever. We never, ever look to me as fluid in terms of body movement, body shape. Just I mean, there's you know, you often look at continental players and you think he could be a ballet dancer in a different life. He could be a, a you know a, a, a hundred meters hurdler. We we still look you know stiff. You know, as they used to say, the hairs of your backside are tied together. We've still got too many players who, to me, I've never said look that, like that. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Thought for the day. I've often I've never said it, but often felt like it. <laughs> there is great pride in being a Scotland supporter. Win, lose, or draw, the saltire flies, the songs are sung, the Hamden roar will be heard. But what was it like in the old days? The days of the huge crowds in the vast Hamden bowl before it was all seated. If you're old enough, you'll remember. In our new book, we had a dream Scotland internationals in the black and white era will remind you of those great days. If you're younger, this is the history. This is what the great days looked like. Those days are gone now, but these memories are also dearly held. There are photos in this book that will stir the dark blue heart. Photos of Bremner, Baxter, Law and Johnston in the days when they strode the hand and turf before crowds of 120 or 130,000 fans. If you remember those days, this book will take you back to those days. If you want to know what it means to be a Scotland supporter, then you'll need this book to show you, not just tell you, what it means to be a Scotland supporter. As one of our podcast listeners, you can get an exclusive 50% discount on We Had A Dream at dcthompsonshop.co.uk using the code DREAM15 at checkout. That's D-R-E-A-M-1-5 at the checkout or dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms. Was like us. Right, Dundee United, Dundee United. Okay, their goalie situation, Sean. I mean, I think it's becoming clear, we've always suspected that, well, we've, let's face it, we've not had to read between the lines. Benjamin Seagrass is as good as said. I'm, I'm off in the summer, well, chaps, you know, so it's about Dundee United getting the best deal that they can. United are obviously not wanting to talk money publicly, but there seems to be a bit of a consensus building that I think if if Ipswich or whoever else is can get to 350 grand, they, they get him. That's probably ballpark, you know, it's, there'll be a bit of a, there'll be a bit of a truth to that. I think it'll be, the, it'll be around that mark. Is that is that a reasonable fee? And in view of the fact that he's he's played one year in the top flight and he's got one year left on his contract, are United fans being unrealistic when they say, "Oh, we've got a, we've got a two million pound keeper here"? You know, we've got a million pound keeper, won't it? Well, I mean, the market will dictate, won't it? And yes, it is unrealistic to think you've got a two million pound keeper because the market is saying three hundred and fifty grand. So that's that's what you're going to get something around about there. The only the only way you'll get that skyrocketing get is if you suddenly one, have yeah, yeah two or three really clubs who decide that he's the man and they want yeah. him. Um, 
in lieu of that, they'll 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 get something around about the figure that you've mentioned, and yeah, well, that's 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 what it is. If if Dundee United were were playing in a in a different league in a different country, you know, what have you, they would they would get more if they were if they were a bigger club, if they were a Celtic or a Rangers, they would be able to hold out for more, demand more. Um, but United being being as they are, they'll, they'll get <laughs> they'll get what other clubs are willing to pay. Um, so yeah, two million. One million at this stage is unrealistic because um, otherwise they'd be getting offers of that sort of magnitude, and they're not. It's, it's um, not one. Is he is can... he going to be worth that much money in the future? Could well be, absolutely, no doubt about that. And and but but at the moment, yeah, United fans could 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 say, well, we're we're, we're being done out of. I'd, it's one of these though, done, Sean, done out of money here. But I, I that's don't just think how it is. There's no, you know, you can potentially look at criticising clubs when contracts are getting down a year and all the rest of it. But I don't think with Seagrist you can give any criticism to United. Oh, because no, let's face it, he, the, he was a championship player. It was his first, you know, I, I dare say they probably, I mean, they did it. They, he has extended his contract once, hasn't he? So, you know, once, you know, none of them, they, they weren't to know he was he was going to play so well. And they couldn't, they couldn't get rid of him in January because he was so crucial to, to them staying up, so it's it's one of those. Where but, they, but they were they were also in a position where they they've been asking staff and players to to take wage cuts yeah, as well. Yeah. So, so dishing out dishing out new contracts at that point isn't isn't something that they, they could have done really. Um, so no, there's there's no criticism attached to United for the situation. That is what it is. Just and, one of these and, you have to suck up, isn't it? Absolutely, and you also, I mean, let's be honest three three hundred and fifty grand for a goalie. Uh-huh. That's no bad. Yeah, Jim. Well, Sean nails it. The market will dictate. I mean, you know, I hear that. I mean, I had a wee Twitter conversation today with a fellow who was talking about Ryan Gold potentially going to was it Vancouver Whitecaps on forty-two grand a week or something like that. You know, and, and suggesting Scottish football is falling behind in wages and we need better TV deals. Yes, we need better TV deals. Is there one available? I doubt it. Um, is there any chance that Scottish football will pay wages at forty-two grand a week in the foreseeable future? Not a danger. It's half United's turnover. So it's like I think sometimes we've got a wholly unrealistic expectation. I mean, I hear all this stuff about we sell our players too cheaply. I mean, that's a nonsense. You sell your players, you either sell them or you don't sell them. That's the first thing. Dundee United are under no duress to sell Benjamin Segers. He's got a year left on his, on his contract. However, what comes into that very strongly is, you know, um, if they can get four or five hundred thousand pounds, I suspect that half a million is pushing the boat up. But if they can get three fifty, four hundred thousand pounds, we then against the quality of keeper that they can bring in to replace him. And I suspect, although he's a very good keeper, I think you can get someone as good uh, or very close to being as good. Um, you know, as against losing a, a fee which would keep your entire youth academy going for perhaps two years or something like that. Th- th- those are the things you've got to weigh up in the balance. You know, so I mean, I, I think realistically, um, he's twenty nine. Which is a good age for a keeper. He's potentially got ten years ahead of him. Um, you don't get massive fees by and large for goalkeepers unless they're absolutely top, top drawer, top of the range. Um, he's not at the moment. He's twenty nine, as I say. He may have a great and even better career than he's had last season ahead of him. But I think if you can get that kind of money with a year left, and I suspect the lad he wants to go, he, he you know he, he'll want to go to as high a level as he can. That's what football players by and large do. 
in, in the modern world. So, you know, why why would you hang on for some fee which you might never, ever get shooting for the moon um, when you can, you know, you can be guaranteed probably a fee of 300, 350, maybe 400 a push for them. I think, you know, it would be almost criminal and negligent not to sell them. And a sell-on, I mean, you know, most clubs these days, you know, for long and weary, most clubs have stuck in a 20% sell-on or something like that. And if he goes to, I don't know, if he goes to a nip switch or a, wherever he goes to, you know, um, if he goes to something like that, then, you know, you get 20% sell on. If he goes in two years' time for 10 million quid, then, then you, you know, you, you take a fair chunk of that. So I, th- I think the bottom line is quite simple. I'm not saying you, you flog him for the first offer that comes in, but a reasonable offer at this stage is very probably in the three fifty four hundred thousand pound mark, where a year left on his contract. It's probably a very good offer. Um, suits the player and would suit United with a sell on as well. So I think you know, and my suspicion for a long time has been that that we we wouldn't see any more of Seagrest, and that's a shame because he's been a smashing cape, but he's developed tremendously, particularly over the last season. But you know, United now, I think very probably know that, that he's going. It's just a case of kind of angling to get the best fee and the best sell-on fee um, for him. Plus, I think, Sean, the the, the way in which the, the outside world rates Benjamin Segrist is the fact that it's an Ipswich coming in from and, and not a not an English Premier League club or or even, you know, a, a top championship club. This that's that's where the football world, rightly or wrongly, is deeming his his level to be at because these are that's the club that's showing their money and we'll we'll see you know if if you know if 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 a top if an English Premier League club wanted to buy a reserve goalie they would they would think nothing is spending seven figures on it you know but that you know that's not even the worth that he's deemed to be at so it is what it is as as team folk like to say I mean Sean do you think are you are you like uh, Jim that he's do you believe he's as replaceable as as Jim Jim thinks? Yeah, he was very he was very good last season. There's no there's absolutely no denying that. Um, but are there other good goalies out there? Um, yeah, uh, William I, Kelly's I, well, a good goalie. He, he's the one that's been linked. He's, he's a very, I, of course he is. Yeah, he was he was excellent at Livingston. He got he's moving, and if he's available, would be a no brainer really. Um, but are there are there other good keepers at lower levels in Scotland? I mean, yeah, there there are. I mean, there are there will be development prospects. Aye, I'm I'm not, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried about it. I, re, I genuinely wouldn't be. And all this all this stuff about um, Jim mentioned it. Oh, this is a slight digression. I'm sorry, but I, I, it came to my mind when Jim was speaking earlier. The stuff about the TV deal in Scotland, and obviously that informs so much of how Scottish clubs are able to operate with regards to wages and, and what transfer fees they can pay and how they can how they can hold off for bigger ones and what have you, or not as the case may be. The, the People can say we, we need a better TV deal and there might be some truth to that and there is some truth to that, but at the same time, we're, we're, our market isn't big enough to demand a TV, a TV deal of the size of, of, of England or, or even smaller countries than that, you know? But it, it'll be judged buy TV companies on, on something incredibly simple, which is how many subscriptions are you are you driving? How many how many viewers are your games getting and how many subscriptions are they driving and therefore how much money are you making for us? And that is how we'll value your product. Now the the bottom line is we we live in a country of we have a population of five million people. And that with the way the game is marketed currently, that is a ceiling basically. Right? So 
the 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 expectation that we could somehow compete for TV deals with with countries of, of with populations of ten million, never mind fifty, like England, it's crazy because we can our our product will never make enough money for the TV companies in order for them to justify shelling out huge money on paying to screen it. That's the bottom line. There you are. Got that off your chest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Fair point though. Here's one for you, Jim. We've not we've not uh we've not spoken about for a few weeks and we've certainly not spoken about him in terms of uh him moving on. But what now that we've seen the market value sort of find Seagrest at about three hundred and fifty grand. Where's the market value for Lauren Shanklin with one year left in his deal and nobody having come in with a fun offer over the last year or so? Where 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 do you see now as a as a figure United could expect to get if he was sold? Well, <clears throat> to, to to me, it's starting to look as though um, Lauren Shanklin. Well, it, it, it's starting to look. I have to say, as though Lauren Shanklin's career will be at Tannadice. Um, I, I, I'm not sure who's who's going to come in with that kind of money. For I mean, you know, I, I think we often we often talk glibly, um, Eric, about money uh, because you know, to, to a great extent, you know, we, we all like it a lump out. We, we follow the Premier. You know, everybody follows the Premier League in England. I mean, we look at it because it makes such huge headlines. We hear transfer fees are you know fifty million and guys on one hundred and fifty thousand pound a week and all the rest of it. The truth of the matter is, even in England, I mean, I know the Championship is a different level, but once you start to you know work your way down from the Championship into Leagues One, Leagues Two, and all the rest of it, it starts to much more resemble Scottish football. I know there's better money on offer in, in many of these leagues, um, but it's 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 not kind of millionaires' paradise now. What you've got to ask yourself is, who's going to bid for Lawrence Shanklin? Is he going to the English Premier League? I don't think so. Is he going to the Championship? Possibly, possibly, although on the back of the season he's just had, um, people would probably want to see a wee bit more. And like a lump it, you know, Sean made the point earlier on, you know, we, we, see our league, we see our league in our football in one way, and sometimes we're curmudgeonly about this. There is nothing we can do to make people see our league or, or, or view our football differently. If they view it as secondary or substandard, there's nothing we can actually do with that. Shy of, shy of you know, battering teams in Europe or, or, or an international team doing brilliantly or something like that. Um, there's, really no, there's really not a lot that we can do about that sort of stuff. So, you know, if people view our, our football along the lines of, you know, you can pick up players at what we regard as a song, there's not a lot we can do with that other than we can sell or we can not sell. Now, I, I mean, Lauren Shankland, I think, will be one of the big earners at Tanner. I still don't think he's, you know, he'll be on some of the money that I've heard some people speculating He'll be the, he'll be the top earner, won't he? He'll be the top earner, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, probably by a, by a way. Um, but who, who's going to, you know, who's going to come in and pay half a million quid for him? Well, Again, Arts. the market could you see, will dictate. Could you see Robbie Nielsen? Could you see Robbie well, Nielsen? The, 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 there, there is what I'd wonder. I would wonder is the, is the market for him in Scotland at a high? Um, hesitate to say a higher level, but a bigger club than United, a club who are on more a hip sell, if hip sell Nisbet. Yeah, if Hibs sell Nisbet, then, you know, that, I mean, because Hibs will probably sell Nisbet for a couple of million quid. They already turned in two million of, if, uh, you know, what we read is what we are to believe. So, you know, then uh, that yeah, money becomes available in the Scottish game. Might Aberdeen be interested? Might Hearts be interested? My suspicion is that probably... Um, if he does move, it'll be a Scottish move. Either that or United look at him and think we've got a really experienced guy here. He's a goal scorer. If the youth thing starts to work, if the you know if bringing in a really experienced campaigner like Charlie McGrew starts to work and we can start to fire good service into Shankland, why would you not keep him? 
if you can if you can you know rekindle his goal goal scoring exploits and abilities, you might well want to keep him. Um, although you know, with a year left in his contract, you face exactly the same dilemma that we talked about with Seagrass. Do you let him walk away at the end of the, the, the end of that period for nothing? Well, that again has to be based upon a how many goals is he liable to score for the next season? What what would be the difference in prize money if he gets you further up the league? Uh, and b is anyone actually going to come in for him and make a decent bid? Yeah, Sean. I mean, it's there's a lot of points that that Jim made in there. I think just to go back on, do you do you are you seeing the pendulum swing swinging now? I think we all this time last year we all thought it would be his likely move would be to the English Championship. Uh, same as same as in January. Do you are you starting to think that it's either staying at United or or Scotland as well? And which of the which of those two would be more likely? That feels about right. Um, I, I I think uh, probably staying at United seems the most likely outcome to me. Uh, at this point, so you think um, a new a new contract which keeps both then it then it gives United a bit more power again. Should he should he have a brilliant season and you know with some clause well, saying setting his you know from Shankland's point of view saying if so and so come in that, I get though. to go. Well, we see a new contract. I, I I really don't know. I don't know. It was touched on in terms of is he the top earner at the club? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, so if you're if you're wanting to extend that contract, then. There's actually, and this is not to do Shankland down at all, but there's there's a calculated risk involved in 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 that sort of, in a new contract situation with a guy like Shankland, who's your top earner, because the risk is that you give him uh, another year, and he doesn't perform as you would expect him to perform, or another two years, and he doesn't perform as you expect him to perform, and you and you've got a guy who's on a high wage, who's not doing the business. Um, if you leave it, and then suddenly he catches fire this season, then you you've done yourself in. So there, there there'll be a a bit of mental um, arithmetic going on uh, at Tannerice to to try and establish what what the correct course of action is with with Lauren Shankland. Oh, I see. I and think you're right. It's not I think an easy it's a, thing. It's incredibly tricky on because they're, they're not even they can't even be sure what level of player they've got because it's just, you know he's not had a great season and. Then you can open that up and say, well, was that because of Mickey Mellon's tactics? Was it because of the players yep, around yep. him? Was it because of an injury? There is, there's very little certainty around Lawrence Shankland in terms of his, A, his value, B, the quality of the player, and yeah. C, where he could potentially go. I mean, I wouldn't want to be Tony Ashgar and Mark Ogren making these decisions about, or even Lawrence very Shankland. Difficult. You know, very <laughs> difficult. Even Lawrence because, Shankland. Uh, what, what makes it even more difficult is, is the fact that we we can sit here and say that he didn't he didn't have a great season, um, but there were moments of magic in there, weren't there? Like not 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 a great deal, but there were a few moments where you just looked at him, a few finishes, a few goals, and you just thought, that's a bit special, you know. So that makes it even more difficult because if if you're if you're minded to, you could you could easily convince yourself that no no we we've still got a player here, we definitely do, and uh, we we need to deal him in. Um, but then there's a risk involved in that as well. Mm, it depends what people look at, you know. I mean, you know, the, the teams use all sorts of, uh, you know, all sorts of devices, um, you know, from kind of, uh, you know, 
you know, just get the eyes of the scout who'll come to see them to, to all sorts of other devices. But the truth of the matter is ultimately at the end of the day, people will, will look at the stats and, 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 and they'll go on, on the basis of what they've actually seen, they had and watched and all the rest of it. I mean, he played, I was at 35 games last season and scored nine goals. Now there was, you know, there was a period of injury and all the rest of it in there, we know that. But um, he, it's not the kind of form that you that, that, that he seemed to be heading in the direction of. You know, there was a, there was a spell... Um, where you thought, wow, you know, he, he could end up going to the championship for a million, a million and a half, maybe a bit more. Um, that, I think, has gone for the moment. But bear in mind, Shanklin's only, what, he 25 now. So he's got a lot of football ahead of him. He's actually at a very good age. And he's still, he is actually still learning the game as well. And I think, although he dropped too deep under Mellon, for my liking, and didn't get nearly sufficient service, um, when he did drop deep, he was very useful. He gave out, you know, he, he very seldom squandered the ball when he had possession. He played the nice easy pass, he retained possession, all the rest of it. Started to show he could link up very well. We'd all much rather seen him playing further up front because he has, a, you know, he takes goals very well. Um, but for the moment, uh, it, 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 you kind of sense that last season his career kind of stalled a bit. Um, in terms of the, the high expectations that people had uh, of him. So I, I think probably, you know, he has to, uh, if, if he's going to stay at United, he probably has to regenerate himself. Because remember, I mean, a bid might come in for him early in the season. If he starts to kind of play very well and score goals again until the window opens, somebody might come in for, uh, you know, w- w- with a bid for him. Very often, six, seven games into the season is where you want to be. People elsewhere are starting to panic, think, oh, the, the strike force we've got, the strike that we've got isn't doing it. That boy Shanklin's doing well. Let's get a bid in for him. Um, there are just so many variables in, in, in football between, you know, players for him, loss of for him, midway for him, you know, and what other clubs do, what money's available and all the rest of it. It's trying to, you know, you try to read a crystal ball with, with, with this sort of stuff. But for the moment, where you're left on his deal, unless United get some kind of ridiculous offer, and then you've got the same scenario as you had with Seagrass, can they replace him? Now, I think, to be honest with you, I think it's more difficult to replace, um, well, it's more difficult to replace the Shank than we knew um, with with another proven goal scorer, than it is to you know than it is to replace Shankland on his goal scoring record last season. Um, uh, you know, similar to Seagrass, can they get a goalkeeper as good as Seagrass? Maybe not far off it. Um, can they get a striker as good as Shankland? Potential has the potential to be. I'm not sure at United if they can. So there are all those factors to weigh up. Clear as mud. I will just, <laughs> <laughs> just before we wrap it up, Sean. I mean, Dundee have made a sign in. Ryan Sweeney. I mean, it's in general. It's it's this is still it's it's the calm before the storm, isn't it? You're not expecting. There's not a lot of movement in the market just now. But Dundee are gonna. You know, I still think. Are we still thinking Dundee all, all reached about four signings possibly round about that mark? Yeah, yeah. I I I think that's probably ballpark correct. They, they need. I think we've spoken before and said they need. They do need a few faces in. They do have guys who've, who've played at a high level, and they needed a centre team. half, didn't they? Um, we've obviously, we've, I could be doing you a disservice here, but your your knowledge of Mansfield and, and Ryan Sweeney, but <laughs> so we'll, we'll probably wait till we see him play before we start uh, picking his game apart. But it was a position that you fully expected them to strengthen, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean, they did they did all right there towards the end of the season. To be fair to them, um, but they did they, they did have a big spell. Um, through well the start and then through the middle of the season where they, they were conceding a lot of goals, particularly from set pieces as well. Um, so you would expect a, a big 
I'm not going to say lumbering. That would be unfair. I mean, he may be, He may have the grace of the sort you have, of you have lithe. You European. have me watching Mansfield, haven't you? <laughs> no, he may. He may have the grace. Jim was speaking about before, uh, but but we shall see. But you would expect a, a big laddie <laughs> to come in and give them a bit, of, uh, give them a bit of um, support and strength in that area where where at times last season they were maybe lacking it. Um, so yeah, that's certainly one of the areas, and and I expect we'll see another another three or four. But who knows? It's Dundee. There's always there's always yeah, a left field one. I was going to say that way, uh, Jim. I was you can you can have the last word. Uh, I always I always think Dundee they're, they're great for us. You can but doesn't matter what league they're in, they'll guarantee us a sort of wow signing, won't they? They'll be they'll be one that you'll go. It'll, it'll either be like a you know. A, a fading star, or but you know they'll be. You, you know what I mean, Jim. There's, they're quite, they're quite, uh, they're quite box office for their signings, Dundee, aren't they? Yeah, or at least well, one of them. I, I don't know if Ryan Sweeney's up as box office, but I mean, I'm not know, talking about Ryan Sweeney. I'm uh, talking about one no. to come. I'm talking <laughs> about like it'll be come, like a well, maverick. There'll yes, be another it, maverick striker or something like that. Uh, won't there? Ah, well, I mean, that, that, well, I mean, listen, they they pulled Charlie Adam at that. We knew, knew that the, the Charlie Adam thing was kind of on. Com- Cummings as well, you know. Come, they, yeah. they they bring personality players in, don't they? And then That's you right. can and, go and, back to Dorans before that. Yeah, and, you know. fans like that. I mean, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, I always say this: like f- football's bread and circuses. You know, football is theatre. It's entertainment. And you know that's that's what it's about. It's about entertaining people, and you know, you know, pulling something different out of the heart and all the rest of it. You know, instead of the same old, same old. So it may well be that James McPake has that one up his sleeve. I mean, the Sweeney thing is a different kettle of fish entirely. He's coming from a a club. You know, hundred twenty two appearances for Mansfield. So you know, he's uh, although he's, he's still youngish, you know, he's, I mean, he's got a bit of experience there and he's got, he's come from what I still prefer to call the old fourth division of English football, but there's been some big clubs in there. I mean, when Bolton uh, are in league two, you know, Tranmere, Mickey Mellon's got a, a mobber in there, you know, old dumb clubs like that, you know, so I mean, it's been a, been a tough enough league. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he does, but you know, in, in terms of box, or there's two things I'll be looking for this season. I mean, to see how Charlie Adam does, because I still think he is a better striker, passer of a ball than just about anything else in Scottish football. So it'd be good to see him back in the in the Premiership. And if they can pull out something that's kind of box office, a, a fading star who needs to, you know, needs to kind of reshine again. Or something like that. the one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have certainly done it over the years. It's not quite like the Peter Peter and Jimmy Marr days when you, know, no, you never knew who was turning up next, whether it was Kenichi or uh, uh, you know, or Namzadzi or something like that. But uh, it would be nice to see something being pulled at the heart to, to entertain the troops. Entertain us. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Alright, cheers guys and thank you very much for listening again. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye just now. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it, or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people to find Talking Football, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday, or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.